And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network is the audio destination for business professionals who seek the best education and inspiration on how to grow a business. The HubSpot Podcast Network hosts act as on-demand mentors and resources for entrepreneurs, startups, and scale-ups through practical tips and inspirational stories. Listen, learn, and grow with the HubSpot Podcast Network at hubspot.com slash podcast network. Today, you're going to hear me on Your First 100K, a podcast hosted by Joseph Warren. If you enjoy the conversation today and you enjoy Joseph's content, make sure to go listen to more at josephwarren.net slash first 100K. First 100K is a podcast that speaks about digital marketing, business growth for entrepreneurs. What we spoke about is how I built my side hustle while still having a full-time job, something that many people don't do. They jump full-time into entrepreneurship and they struggle and they fail, or perhaps they get it in their head that they have to jump full-time into entrepreneurship and they get too scared and they just don't take that first step. So we spoke about why that is, what entrepreneurship is and what it isn't, why people may have the wrong idea of what entrepreneurship is in their head and how to actually start a side hustle, start a business, take the first step. And then I spoke about some of the processes that I used to do that successfully so that I made over 100K and then some while still working a full-time job. So this is myself on your first 100K. You are listening to your first 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this. How can Christian entrepreneurs like us, who didn't give up on our dreams, build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, 
Go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Hey, have you heard the big news? I'm starting an online community for Startup Nation next month. And I am looking for 20 founding members who want to work closely with myself to shape the community experience step by step. If you want to apply, go to blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. Today, my featured guest is Scott Clary. You can find him at scottclary.com. And Scott is a career sales and marketing executive. He rewrites the playbook on sales, marketing, brand, and takes uh, to, and take to market strategy. So from startups to enterprise, Scott's worked with execs and entrepreneurs to 10X their businesses. That's what he's going to do for you today, Startup Nation. He's sold and marketed to the most iconic F500, F100 brands throughout his career. Uh, his work has been featured in over 100 plus new sites and publications. He speaks globally at industry conferences and has had articles and insights featured in Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Hacker Noon, The Startup, and others. He currently runs a global SaaS sales and marketing organization and is the host of the Success Story podcast, where he interviews inspirational people, mentors, and leaders just like himself. Again, you can find him at scottclary.com. Scott, welcome to... Uh, Bro, sorry, welcome to your first 100K. I have two top shows, so I, I get confused sometimes. Welcome to your first 100K. Uh, go ahead and take a minute, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, definitely. Well, you you, you nailed most of the, the main highlights. So you got the, the highlight reel, but um, just to reiterate, uh, I've worked in sales and marketing. My whole career started off in sales and individual contributor, like most people in sales, moved into sales leadership roles, moved into organizations where sales and marketing sort of fell under one hat. Um, and led sales and marketing teams, did some consulting work for a while, did fractional CXO work, working with uh, startups, um, very interesting, innovative startups. And then most recently, uh, sort of joined a company again while building the side hustle, while building the podcast and my newsletter and things that I've monetized over the past three years. So I was actually working full-time for a startup, successfully uh, brought it from very, you know, very mediocre six-figure revenue to uh, eight-figure revenue. Uh, we were just acquired the startup uh, about two months ago now, um, and that was successful sort of two, two and a half year stint. And now I'm, I'm just focused on building my own thing, building my podcast, building my newsletter, uh, while still holding down the nine to five. Um, so that's sort of been my, the past three years of my life. And it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but hopefully I can provide some value, sales, marketing, side hustles, podcasts, all that stuff. So nice. that's me. Excellent. And take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Uh, in my something personal that people in my business life uh, may not know. Um, so I'm, I used to, I used to DJ um, in, uh, in university as a, as a hobby. I'm very much into music. I played uh, piano, uh, drums, saxophone, and then I found the way to make that cool in university was to, to use all those talents to DJ. So that was something that I had a lot of fun with. And I still, I'm a big, big music fan of, of many genres, not just one, every single genre. I have a favorite. That's awesome. All right. So Startup Nation, I brought Scott Clary on here today. One, he's an uh, influencer on Instagram. That's where I saw him there. I reached out to him. I said, hey, let's get you on the show. Um, 
And, and what he really loves speaking about, and I think where he's going to add the most value to you today is how do you side hustle to your first six figures while still maintaining uh, that current nine to five position wherever you are uh, so that you can safely exit it um, into uh, income that you've already replaced for yourself, right? And Scott, that's that's what you love speaking about. So why, why would you say most people uh, are scared to make that jump? Um, should they be scared to make that jump? And how long should they wait before they make that jump? I think that most people are definitely scared to make that jump because we have uh, we have the wrong idea of what entrepreneurship is. We think that we have to be the, the next Mark Zuckerberg, the next Facebook. Ideally, what people are really looking for when they want to start a company, most people don't realize they don't want anything like that. And if they had it, they probably, maybe some people would be happy, but the majority of people wouldn't want that stress. Most people just want freedom. That's why people get into entrepreneurship. That's why people want to start their own thing. And to achieve freedom, if you actually break down the amount of money that most people would need to consider themselves to be free, so maybe replace their, their full-time income, um, or even just add on a percentage of their full-time income without you know, having to get a new job or to get a, get a raise or to, to switch companies. A lot of people don't look at that as entrepreneurship and they don't look at side hustles as a viable way to make money. They just go, they just think about it as an all in opportunity where I have to quit. I have to, you know, I better save up six months of income. I have to quit. I have to start my thing. I have to go raise money. I have to do a series, you know, I have to do a series A, series B. I have to hire a developer and it's like slow down. Like, let's slow down, let's bring it back and let's look at what entrepreneurship is and the goals that you actually want to achieve. And I think that that's where people get lost. So to the first point, I think that people are scared because they don't have the, the right version of entrepreneurship for a variety of reasons. I don't think they have the proper vision. They don't know what they actually want to achieve themselves. And then should they be scared? Well, I, that's what I would like to talk about. I'd like to talk about why you shouldn't be scared because you don't have to go all in. You don't have to jump in and quit your job and even save six months. So we can talk about the stuff that I do on the side. Um, and then there was a three part, that was a three prong question, but I can't remember the last, the last part to it. That's all right. We're going to take two and a half on okay, that cool. one. All right. So let's get into that. Like, tell us your story, right? You're working nine to five and yeah. you decide, Hey, that's not enough for you. Um, what was missing? What was that desire where you said, you know what, I want to do a side hustle. I have a, a different dream. It's out here, um, yeah. but I don't want to make that, that jump financially yet. It's not prudent. Walk us through that quick story. So the story was, um, in my opinion, if you build yourself a personal brand, you can take that with you anywhere. So that personal brand can be in the form of somebody posting the pictures on Instagram of where they travel around the world. It can be somebody uh, building a great community on Twitter. It depends on what your, like your definition of a personal brand is. For me, I, my backgrounds in sales and marketing and tech, I thought my best version of a personal brand would be creating content around those types of items. And, and for me, the, the best option was, okay, so how do I create a brand around those types of items? Well, it's probably some sort of interview or some sort of some sort of medium that allows me to teach over. So it could be me teaching, or it could be me interviewing people that could teach over, or it could be another. Uh, it could be you know monetizing your website, your blog, or newsletter. Just basically building an audience around the things that I know. So that was the 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 initial 
idea that went into building a brand. And the reasoning being, I see the people that build brands and they can take that brand, they can launch products, they can launch businesses, they can just monetize themselves, their own name if they have a big enough community. Um, so it just meant, it just made sense. And then as I started to look into the different ways that you could monetize your own brand, um, a lot of it had to do with building a community and then ad revenue. Like if you have a big enough audience, there's people that are going to want to tap into that audience. And I actually got the idea from my girlfriend, um, who is still my girlfriend and, you know, God willing, when the pandemic's over, we'll get married. And that's, that was a whole other story, but she's actually a co-founder of a company called My Therapist Says, and they have an audience of roughly 6.5 million people and enormous, enormous Instagram following, which is then turned into a brand. And they built a humor account originally with her and her sisters and at about 100,000 followers, brands started reaching out asking to advertise. And now they've grown that into a huge success story. So my idea was, well, let me build my own community and let me attract community people, like, you know, my peers, my community and attract advertisers because now I will have the individuals that want to speak about sales and marketing and entrepreneurship and startups. And then that's something that I can sort of take with me no matter where I go. So the, 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 the idea that I had was something that I would want to build in perpetuity, but it's also something that didn't run conflict to what I was doing in my nine to five. It was, mm -hmm. it was almost, it was very congruent with what I was doing, talking about sales, talking about marketing, talking about startups. It, it was quite literally what I lived every single day anyways. So it just felt easy. It almost sounds like you created a separate outlet for your voice, for what you're passionate about talking about already. Yes, right? but I would say, I would say, take that a step further. That's what most entrepreneurs should be doing anyways. Now, it may not be a separate outlet for your voice, but look at the most successful entrepreneurs. The most successful entrepreneurs are not the kids that are coming out of Stanford or Harvard. This, the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that have worked in an industry or in a, you know, a certain job for 10, 20 years figure out a problem that they live with every single day in their job, and then go launch a company that solves the problem that they're dealing with because they know what that problem is. Nobody else knows what that problem is. And now they create a solution for, for their industry or their market. So every entrepreneur who's trying to launch a product or a service should be looking at problems that they themselves are having trouble solving and then launch a service or a product against that problem. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're the first step to finding that product market fit. Awesome. So listen, when you launched and you went out and you started this yeah. personal brand for yourself, you saw your girlfriend, you got inspired by what she, yeah. by what she did with her, her business. And you're like, I'm going to do this for myself. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge you ran into, like just smack against a wall that maybe was unexpected? You didn't see it coming. I think it was the amount of, of time that it takes to, to, to write a newsletter, to record a podcast, to edit the video, to edit the audio. I'm sure you, <laughs> you know, like you, you get all this stuff. So it was the amount of time that it required to do these things. And again, I'm talking about building a side hustle without hiring people first, right? So I don't have budget. Like I, I make good money in my job, but I don't have budget to hire a team to edit my audio or my video that could range from you know, maybe uh, on Upwork or Fiverr, a couple hundred bucks a month up to a couple thousand bucks a month if you get a if you get a professional team. So for me, it was it was about building out processes and systems and learning the tools and the tech that allowed me to do everything efficiently so that I could do it myself day one. And I could do it well, because I also didn't want to produce, you know, subpar results. So it was it was 
it was a, a wall, but it was something, it, it was a wall, but it wasn't, it wasn't a blocker. It was something that forced me to just, you know, upskill myself in all these different tools, tech and domains that I've never really experienced before, just to be a video editor, be an audio editor, be somebody that understood all the different social media tools, how to create clips from your podcast, figure out a content strategy, figure out, uh, I had, I had marketing background and I had marketing experience, but still my marketing was SEO or basic B2B social. It wasn't taking a 60 or 30 minute podcast and, you know, breaking that up and then disseminating it across all your social media. Like there was a different, so you have to, and then you just learn, you, you look at the people that are doing it best and you learn. And that's, that was sort of the, the, the main blocker, but that's something that got over quickly and it allowed me to do all of it myself day one. But then also now when I'm hiring people to do it, it's allowed me to know what good looks like. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's allowed me to hire good talent because I've done this stuff myself. So if some, if I hire a video editor, I know what they can do, what they can deliver. And if they're telling me one thing, I can call them on whether or not they're being honest with me. So that's another sort of a leadership or a management benefit or bonus because now I can properly manage the people on my team because I've done all that work before. And that's something that, that mindset of don't ask somebody to do something you haven't done yourself. That's been with me my entire career that I've taken from leading sales teams and leading marketing teams. It's just sort of been, you know, it's, it's rolled over into the stuff that I do for my own stuff now. That's awesome. Now, Startup Nation, I hope you're taking notes. You're writing down these tips, this wisdom uh, from Scott. Scott, so that was an external blocker uh, mm -hmm. that you faced when you went out and, and did your side hustle. What about internal blockers? What was the rocks in your head or the, the biggest lie limiting belief that you had to overcome in order to continue forward? So I was pretty good at pushing out content on social. I didn't really get, I didn't really get bothered by the regular stuff like trolls or people that give negative feedback. I was with the podcast in particular, I was, I was deathly afraid of, of how I would be perceived by the guest. And if my questions were smart enough, or if I had done enough research, or if I even pronounced their names properly, like all these, like these things that just eat away at you when you're first starting out in this type of, in this type of work. Like I'm sure you've gone through a lot of these things yourself. Um, now I'm at and, the point where I just don't care. No. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> well, no, there's, there is a, there is a beauty in, in not getting inside your own head and, and self-sabotaging, sure. but um, that was the, the biggest, the biggest issue. And I think the way that I got over that was just overly preparing um, and just constantly overly preparing so that nothing would be left up to chance um, I was always going to be the podcaster or the interviewer with the best questions, the most, the most research done. Um, I would listen to past shows and like anything in life, like this is just, you know, we talk about my side hustle, but it's just life lessons. Like if you want to, if you want to make sure you're good at, you're good at something, just over prepare for it. So. That's awesome. And Startup Nation, I really want to create extra value for you here and give you a different perspective. So Scott's way of overcoming that mental block was to over-prepare, right? So that he showed up with excellence. Uh, for me personally, I tried that approach and I realized I didn't like over-preparing. It started to suck the life out of doing the interview. And, and I know that sounds ridiculous to somebody who likes to prepare, and, and thinks preparing is the only way to do it. But what I found is that I'm actually really good on my feet. 
I'm mm-hmm. really good and, and I get excited and I get lit up when I'm in the moment. And what I found was that the real good questions come when I just show up really curious with my guest. So I'm not, I'm not over-prepared. Uh, I'm not even prepared most of the time. I just come on and I'm like, I'm really curious to know this, this, and this about this individual. Yeah. All right, now let me, what questions can I just come up with on the spot to find out that information uh, about this person? So just two different ways uh, to overcome that same mental block of trying right. to look good or look clever. Go ahead, yeah. Scott. No, I was going to say it's all about self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. If you know, if you know what makes you comfortable, if you know what what helps you operate at at your you know your peak performance, then that's all that matters. That's that's what matters. If you if you feel comfortable showing up and just being curious and like, like active listening and getting all and just being really really good at on the fly, and that's how you deliver your best work. But you know that because you were self-aware enough to understand that the opposite that I was doing was not the best potential way for you. So I think that that I think self-awareness is also a, a superpower when it comes to entrepreneurship. I agree with you completely. So there you go, Startup Nation. Find what is right for you. What's that best approach for you? You don't have to copy other people. And, and if you do decide to model success, make sure that the person you're modeling is wired similar to you, not sure. the opposite of you. Otherwise, it will suck the life out of you. Just a little feedback there. All right, Scott, let's get into your top three tips and strategies, brother, um, for going okay. out on your own, for side hustling your way to over 100K. You've done this. You're doing uh, multiple six figures right now. Congratulations on that. Yet you're still maintaining your nine to five, which I think yeah. is so impressive. It's <laughs> not something I would choose to do because like, I don't know. I just see it differently, right? I want to be just focused on one thing, et cetera, but you're wired different than me. And I respect that about you. So what are your top three tips and strategies for my listener? Who's wired similar to you to mm-hmm. go out and hustle their way, uh, side hustle, uh, to over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's funny you mentioned that because now I'm actually at the point where I can make that decision. And that's something that's going to happen in the next most likely year that I have to figure out which direction I want to take it. But year one, like, you know, first six months was $0, you know, next, next year was about just under hundred K about 60 K and then year three. Now we're multiple six figures across the newsletter, paid advertisements on the newsletter, paid sponsorships on the podcast. So um, first would be to, I'm obsessed with processes. I have processes for everything. I, I would not be able to function at the level that I do and do as much as I do if I don't have processes for everything. So everything down to uh, the diet that gives me the most energy throughout the day, the tools, the workflow, uh, everything that I do, I've processed and systematized so that I know how to operate at peak performance. Um, the biggest thing that, for example, the podcast you can do is to have a process for, for marketing it, right? That's the most important. If you're not going to market it, you're not going to grow it. So I'll walk through my process very quickly for marketing it. Take a, and it, it, this is a process again, I I'm teaching it to you now, but it's a process that you'll see in other, in other high performing individuals. I've seen it with Brendan Burchard. I've, I've seen it with Gary Vaynerchuk. This is the content marketing strategy they use. I use it. It works well. I have my own tools and systems, but the nuances, but still. So you take your long form podcast, you're breaking that one podcast into smaller five to 10 minute clips. Uh, those go across, you know, your Facebook, your Instagram, your LinkedIn. You take that podcast, 
you, I use otter.ai to uh, pull a transcript from it. And now I can use that transcript to write a blog post and show notes. Um, I take that podcast uh, and then I can uh, also, of course, record it via video. That's on, that's on YouTube. Um, I also uh, take those show notes, look at all the different talking points, and then I can answer questions on Quora, which drives traffic back to my website. Of course, the podcast show notes go up on my blog. That's SEO to my blog, driving traffic. Um, and then I, I can take that big podcast. I already mentioned, I break it down into small little, you know, five to maybe like four to five minute segments. I can break it down even further into uh, minute long segments or 30 second long segments. And those can go across Twitter. Those can go across TikTok, YouTube shorts, Snapchat, uh, Snapchat spotlight. Uh, it can go across Instagram reels, with all these short little video clips, all driving back to that one long form piece of content that I originally created, which was our 30 to 60 minute interview. So that's, again, there's different tools that allow me to do this quickly, but it's taking that one piece and building out a process that allows me to take that one piece and turn it into, you know, 50 pieces of marketing content and collateral. So that's one particular process that I would say is important for marketing a show. Now that's it doesn't awesome. matter. Yeah. I was gonna let say, me jump in. Yeah, go let, ahead. Me no, go, go. let me jump right in there because what's interesting is if you look at those, uh, those different pieces, you're repurposing that one piece of content, right? Yeah. And every time you repurpose it, it's almost like you're creating a separate salesperson to go out and market for you, right? So as you repurpose that one piece of content into 50 pieces of content, Startup Nation, what Scott's doing is he's creating his own team of 50 salespeople to go out and market that one episode, that one show very powerfully. Mm -hmm. Is that about right, Scott? That's 100% right. And that's something you can do on your own. Right. And that's that's something that you can not only do on your own, but it doesn't require you to think of new social posts every every single day. It doesn't require you to when again, if you are working a job at the end of the day, you're going to be a little bit burnt out. You're not going to want to be creative or you just won't you won't have the capacity to be creative or you want to spend time with your family or your kids or your spouse. But by having this process in place. Now I know that I can constantly create social content every single day, show up every single day across every social platform with content that's hyper relevant to the product that I'm trying to market, which is my show. And that's just one thing that I've done. Now, I would even say that regardless of what you're selling, you should have a podcast and you should emulate a similar content strategy because I think it's a really strong content strategy if you're selling B2C or B2B or anything. But that's, again, one process. Um, I would say... Uh, second, second tool that I've used, and I've used this to get advertisers is to, uh, automate as much of your sales process as you can. Um, of course you want to do personalized sales outreach as well, but you can use tools, uh, like Apollo.ai to run really great email sequences against your potential, uh, target customer profile or avatar, whatever you want to call it. That could be a potential advertiser in your show. You can also simultaneously run campaigns through apollo.ai to potential guests that you want to have on your show and you can also just run a potential awareness campaign through apollo.ai to people who may be interested in your podcast so automating these outreach touch points for sales for guests or for just general awareness through some sort of automated email tool obviously you want to be careful with your messaging and you want to make sure that it's relevant to the person that you're reaching out to but you can still use tools like that to scale yourself and it, you will not have the same Efficacy is if you did personalized outreach to any of those three groups, but you will have maybe 10% or 15% efficacy versus a 40%. And I can guarantee you that 
day over day, day over day, it compounds. And that's going to get you, if you're running those three campaigns I just mentioned, that's going to get you some people signing up for your podcast. It's going to get you some guests that are going to be responding and saying, hey, yeah, I'd like to come on with zero effort from you, zero time invested in outreach. And it's going to get some advertisers saying, hey, yeah, I'd love to jump on a call, understand you know, your downloads, your audience, and maybe sponsor a show. So if you set up these tools to market and to sell, again, it's all processes, systems, and tech that allow you to scale yourself. And these are just things that I've used within sales organizations and sales teams and marketing teams, but I'm just repurposing it for my, my own brand. So Startup Nation, listen to what Scott just said there and think about your own life right now. If you're in a nine to five right now, what are processes and tools and systems that you're currently using in your nine to five work that you could use now in your side hustle? Ones that actually work. What are the best performers? Speaking of which, Scott, out of all those tools and systems that you mm -hmm. have used to market your, your podcast um, so that you can expand your income, what has been the number one most effective tool for you? Mm, that's a good question. They're, they're all very effective in their, own, in their own right. If you had to yeah. lose them all tomorrow except one, which one would you hold on to? I would say uh, the one, the single most effective tool that I've used to build my own name, which in turn allows, you know, the bigger the name you have, the bigger guests you're going to get on your podcast, the bigger the name you have, the bigger advertisers that are going to want to advertise on your show. Um, so I actually, uh, this is a strategy. I can't, uh, I think his name's Brendan Kane. Um, he wrote a book, some uh, it's titled something along the lines of like your first million followers. His strategy is put a dollar into Instagram or Twitter or Facebook advertising against your own name or your own company every single day, $1. So minimum 30, minimum $30 a month. Now I put more into it, but I would say that that constant drip of paid advertising against your name with your name, always showing up on somebody's social feed every single day, even though it's not a lot of money. I would say that that's compounded um, my audience and my community and my followership, if that's the right word, or follow, following um, significantly, because I've just let it run for years now. So I've just always let this drip of paid advertising and pushing my name in front of people that hopefully Facebook, Instagram thinks care about my content. And I've always let that just run. And then I can take those audiences, then I can retarget to get a better conversion. And by conversion, I mean, people following me, people engaging with me. So as I constantly just let this slow roll, it's not really hurting my bank account, it's a dollar a day, you know, but at the same time, it's getting intelligence on the people that care about my content and me as a brand, as a person. And it's just driving people constantly uh, to, to my assets, to my social media accounts. And that's something that I thought was always very, very valuable. I don't see many people doing. That is fantastic. Now, let me ask you this. What specifically does that $1 ad per day actually look like? Like, what does it say? So, so what, is, what does the ad say? Yeah, what does the ad say? Uh, I think the ad right now says uh, for uh, for daily information on business, tech, and finance, follow uh, at Scott D. Clary. Um, if I'm not mistaken, something, something along the lines like that. Um, I've had different ads. I've had Instagram swipe up ads where I say, hey, I, it's like my face talking, saying like, uh, you know, like I, I interview some of the, I, I've interviewed Guy Kawasaki, Anthony Scaramucci, uh, Grant Cardone on my podcast. If you want to listen to more interviews, swipe up. Just like, like small, short, little things like that. And I usually, um, I usually get 
uh, about because I I try and the whole strategy is is to target in countries that aren't as expensive mm -hmm. to I don't know if you've ever heard this strategy before, but if you're targeting in countries that aren't as expensive, I can get a follower uh, for about 10 cents on Instagram, which is not bad. And then I can use that data to hyper target who I want my following to be. And then if I wanted to, if I wanted more North American followers, then I'd be getting about a dollar per follower, but it's still, that's always running and I'm always collecting those data points. Excellent. Okay. I think we gave enough value to startup nation for one day. All right. So listen, really cool, tactical, practical strategies. Thank you for getting uh, just very intimate with the details there, even down to what your actual $1 a day personal brand ad looks like, how it reads. Um, I think that gives you Startup Nation some really good ideas. I hope you got inspired by Scott today. I know I did. And I just showed up curious, right? That's my stick, man. So Scott, uh, where does... Uh, before we go there, actually, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. I'm speaking extra fast today, by the way. I don't know what it is. I think uh, that early morning coffee kicked in. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur, side hustle entrepreneur? Being able to see the result of me building something, being yeah. able to see the growth. And being able to see like over time, like, like seeing things compound, it's like an incredible feeling. It's, it's a pretty really cool, right? You're like, it is a cool, I created yeah. something out of nothing. Wow. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really cool feeling. And, yeah, and yeah. when you start to see it take off and whatnot, and even when you, I remember like, you know, now I make more money with it, but I'm not as excited when I crossed the hundred thousand dollar line as when I got my first advertiser. My first advertiser, I think it was like 85 bucks for a mid roll. And I was just like, oh my God, I, I built something that made me money. Like that's a very cool feeling. I get shivers, like just thinking about it right now. It's, it's a really, really cool <laughs> awesome, feeling. Bro. Yeah. What, what is your least favorite thing about being a side hustle entrepreneur? Um, it's, it's probably due to my personality, but I have a hard time shutting off. So there's always something to do. And, and when I'm bored, I, I, you know, I have this, I have this issue where I just think of new things to try. Like, you know, we'll, we'll joke around with my, with my girlfriend. We'll talk, you know, she'll be like, what are you up to tonight? Oh, I'm like, oh, I just made a new, <laughs> made a new website, launched a new thing. Like, you know, rebranded all of my social, uh, social headers. Like I just, I just like tinkering with stuff. So when you, when you have zero, you know, limits, there's no roof on being an entrepreneur or building things you can literally work forever. So I think that's a lesson too. Let me ask you a question within that. Uh, yeah. Is there a danger in your opinion to tinkering with things that are working well already? I think there is a danger, but there's also an opportunity. As long as you, as long as you have those, so this is important, you have to have your KPIs. You have to know, you have to know at what level something is working so that when you do change it, you can measure and you can A-B test against that first thing. Um, if you don't know if something, if you just change things without benchmarking, whether or not it's working, then you're, you're, you're just spinning your wheels. You'll never, right. you'll never progress. Or awesome. if you do, you'll just be highly lucky. And, and that's not a sustainable model. So no, it's not. What are you most afraid of? Um, regret, regretting that I didn't try something. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Um, 
what am I struggling with right now? More challenged by. I think the biggest challenge that I have is, is we sort of touched on it before making the jump between a really, really good job that pays a lot of money and jumping into a, a side hustle that is now paying more money than that. But again, it's scary. It's scary to walk away from a lot of money at any point, especially when you systematize and build up processes, allow the side hustle to allow you to work. So now I've almost, you know, you had so brother. Yeah. So it's, 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 a, it's a, it's a privileged problem to have, but then the question is, okay, so what do I do with my 40 hours a week if I take that jump? And that's what, that's the question that I have to answer. For well, myself. once you get married and you have kids, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Just that's the yeah. little, a little foreshadowing for yeah. you there. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I have my second baby due in a month. So I really um, get that. What secret yeah. fear do you have about people? The secret fear that I have about people. Um, is that I'm trying to think a secret fear that I have about people. Is that they'll let me down. They'll and let I think you down. They'll let me down. And that's, that's caused me. And this is another entrepreneurial lesson. Don't do it all yourself, but it's definitely caused me to do more on my own than I should have. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? That there's no security in having a job. That uh, there's, there's zero point for you not to start building something that you can take with you forever, which is why I think that even if you do start a side hustle, a personal brand shouldn't even just be considered as a side hustle. It should be, it should be in addition to a software startup, a consulting business, a podcast, because you can be dropped from a job tomorrow, but your name will always be with you. And that's if you, if you build a way to monetize your name, you'll never go broke. There you go. There you have it. What's a new habit you want to create? Um, finding incredible talent, hiring incredible talent, uh, because that's a, a skill that I think I have to work on. And it, I think it's one of the most important skills for an entrepreneur. I agree. What's a, a, a bad habit you want to break? Hmm. I, would, I, I would say working too much. I say that I don't want to work at this capacity when I have kids. Like, I, I, you know, the pandemic pushed the wedding and the kids back. Um, but that's going to be the, you know, the milestone in the next six months. Like that's what we want to get done. So I don't want to work this much. Yeah. Let's do it, brother. I'm telling you, it's so much better on this side, dude. I was born to be a dad, a father, a good father. And yeah. I, I suspect you, you are as well. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, uh, ambitious, uh, uh, um, oh, what's I'm trying to think of, I have the word on the tip of my tongue. Um, uh, oh, shit. I, I know the word. I'm just trying what to think of what, just like, uh, like stubborn, 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 stubborn. Yeah. We'll just go with stubborn, ambitious, stubborn, and, um, and an extroverted introvert. Yeah, I get that. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Uh, ignorant, um, excited, um, and, uh, I think a little short-sighted as to what it would take. You just described the worst person to hand a gun to 
Yep. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just visualizing out loud there. And last question, Scott, if you could come back to life after you died, yeah. look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, business, relationships, what would you say yeah. to them? So this is not meant to be uh, not meant to be in line with the fact that I have the book behind me, but I would say play bigger, play bigger, because uh, I see a lot of people that live and die uh, without doing incredible things that I know they're capable of doing. Now, it doesn't mean that they want to, but I mean, sometimes it doesn't hurt to just try and Amen. see what happens, so see what life gives you. Yeah. Startup Nation, if you got rocks in your head that are keeping you playing small <laughs> in your life, I'm your guy. I run a coaching practice called Blow Up Rocks. And that's what we do. We blow up the rocks in your head, all those lies that you believe about yourself, about others, and about God. We get rid of them once and for all, permanent. Go to blowuprocks.com if that describes you. All right. So, Scott, what any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first $100,000 this year in the next 12 months? Uh, so I would say start and do it for 10 years and you'll be incredibly successful at it. And I don't mean that jokingly. I mean, quite literally, if you do anything for 10 years, which is actually a small portion of your life, I'm assuming that most people here are not a hundred that are listening to this podcast. And sorry for all the hundred year olds that are listening to this podcast, but for everyone who is 20, 30, 40, 50, if you do something for 10 years, you have a significant amount of your life left and you will be successful at that thing. And most people don't just want to, they want that, they want that hundred K in 12 months. Like, why don't you have 50 million in 10 years? Like, let's, let's focus on the long game. And that's my, that's my takeaway. All right. Startup nation. Scott just called you out. Just saying he like just pressed on you and your excuses. I've never All seen right. somebody do something for 10 years and not be successful at it. So. There you have it. You better choose wisely, Startup Nation. All right, Scott, how does uh, my audience get in touch with you? How did they go listen to your show? How did they sign up with some of your, your awesome value and content? What do they do, man? What do you got? Cool. Um, so you can go to uh, all my social is at Scott D. Clary. Uh, podcast is successstorypodcast.com. Um, and my newsletter is uh, newsletter.roioverload.com. Podcast is interviews with business leaders. Newsletter is case studies about business growth, startups, marketing, sales. And they can, you know, they can check me out there or they can just reach me, um, Scott at scottdeclary.com. Awesome. Startup Nation, I'm on his Instagram page right now. He's got great content with his show here. Um, go follow him, Scott at Scott D. Clary. All right, Scott. Thank you for being on your first 100K top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your Thank life, you, sir. Hey, Startup Nation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to my show. Whenever you're ready, there are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab your free 10-day training at first100k.com. That's first100k.com. Number two, Get your hands on a copy of my new book, Your First 100K, How to Make Six Figures in Under 12 Months at josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net. And number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or one-on-one -on -one level at blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. 
I'll see you next week on your first 100K. And remember that wherever you are in your entrepreneurial journey, you're just 100K away. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers, they filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 